Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Have you ever had a conversation with a friend that just feels like it's going back and forth talking about how busy you both are? It's one of those things that we we sort of find ourselves doing a little bit unconsciously and Tara and I wanted to talk about why we do this why do we why are we busy why do we feel the need to be busy as well and is it something that we can actually control so today we wanted to discuss the psychology of busy and why we feel the need to be so busy and then we're going to follow this up next week with another episode about decluttering your schedule and slowing down and removing that tendency and that default position to be busy and want to be busy and desire to be busy. Mm -hmm. So, Beck, I have this feeling that we wear busyness a bit like a badge of honour. Do you have any ideas why we might do that as a society or individuals? Yeah, it's a cultural-wide thing, isn't it? I I think there might be two answers, like you just said. There's there's the societal answer and then there's the individual answer. So I think that we've been brought up to value productivity and producing things and doing things and that it sort of defines us as part of our our worth. Like if you are not doing something, then you are not worth as much as if you are doing something. And because we have a culture based around uh, working for money and it's sort of we get rewarded for doing work, I guess that perhaps culturally we're also then if we feel like we're being rewarded for doing work, do we then feel like we, sh- we, sh- we aren't allowed to not do work or we shouldn't be doing work or we are less valuable if we're not doing work? Wow. Yeah, you've just totally summed it up there. I think it's like everything. <laughs> everything that you've said and then lay it on top of that our desire to feel needed as well Mm. um yeah there's this tendency if you are not busy then someone's not needing your work or your output or your attention and I don't know that Mm. we cope with the idea of not being needed at all times um value like you said and worthy I think wrapped up in that output driven society there lies this need to be worthy so i think being feeling needed and being worthy and that our outputs are desired by others and we are worth enough to be busy mm. yeah it all comes down to that self-worth doesn't it mm-hmm. then but then there's sort of i get this sense as well that that there might be also pressure to be busy when we don't want to be as well or just there's there's two two types and I'm sort of thinking about everyone who says they're busy and when I ask them what they're doing a lot of what they're doing they're choosing to do so a lot of what makes them busy is their choice but sometimes they're also busy because of circumstances you know like um you might have somebody who's got three children that um, all have a disability of some kind, or and they're and they're single. They're a single parent, and and they tr- they work as well. And so that kind of busy is forced upon people a lot. And there's not a lot we can change about that. But there's also a lot of busy that we force on ourselves too. 
Mm-hmm. I talk to people and they talk to me about their insanely busy lives or their manic lives and then drop into the next paragraph. Oh, did you see Married at First Sight last night? And then I'm like, <laughs> no, I didn't have time to stop and watch a ridiculous reality TV show. Apologies to any fans out there. Oh. But it's that thing of, yeah, choosing what things people people will put stuff that is not particularly important into their schedule, which then condenses the amount of available time they have for other stuff. And then that creates this sense Mm. of being. And so they feel busy. Yeah, being busy, being a hamster on a wheel. But it's like, well, if if you looked at it from an outsider's perspective and said rather than trying to cram everything in your day between 9 and 8 o'clock or whatever time the show starts, why don't you think about giving yourself an extra hour. Yes, that means an extra hour, less TV, but it might calm down the pace of the rest of your day. So Mm. I think sometimes we can step away and look at things a bit clearer. Yeah, I think sometimes a lot of what we think we're doing when we're busy is just um, unnecessary busyness. So like, for example, like we were talking about how when we go on our phones, it's easily, we're easily distracted. So we can be really busy, say, sending emails on our phone and then we get a text in between that which we've got to deal with and then we get something else that we have to deal with. And then after that, we might do something like go on Facebook or go on Instagram. And then this little time that we would have spent on our phone doing the important things stretches out to double or triple the time. So what we've done is we've spent a little bit of time on unimportant stuff, but we have felt like we've been spending it on important stuff because we did important stuff around it. <laughs> That's, I don't know if that makes any sense. Absolutely it does. And I don't know if this whole tendency to fill our days, fill our schedules, fill our lives is just a habit that we have created for ourselves or if it's something that we have learned from people around us, either successful or people whose life we like the look of and they look busy and we desire their life so we desire to look busy as well. Mm. Or if we're just unconsciously mimicking what we see and and what we understand to be success. I think we're also... Um, I agree with you. I also think that we're we're sort of we're, there's a lot of expectations on us these days, and when there are a lot of expectations on us to to do certain things, um, we do cram a lot more in our schedule. And and I'm when I'm sort of speaking with this, I'm thinking of people who work, and I'm mostly thinking about women who apologies to the men for saying this, but who in general bear the weight of responsibility for running the household and have that mental weight on them as well, that there is this expectation that the house is going to be always tidy, always running. Um, Obviously, there's expectation that children will be looked after and fed and have attention given to them and be driven where they need to go. And then there is the expectation that jobs need to be done and money needs to be earned. And when you add all of those things up, our culture doesn't give us much time to do the things that it expects us to do. And so we do find it very difficult to stop being busy because it's very hard. And and like you said, you can cut things out, but some of the things that people choose to cut out are things that they actually need to keep in. 
Um, and we could cut things out, but the things that get cut out are the usually ourselves. And I was just I was just with a client this morning, and we were blocking out her week where she works three days a week um, at work, and she had another about another five hours that she needed to do from home. And she has four kids; one of them is at home with her on two of those days. And we we mapped out her whole week, and then she looked at it and she said well, there probably should be some exercise and some self-care in there, shouldn't there? And, you know, we both kind of laughed as if to say, ha-ha, yeah, how are we going to find that? And it was just a shame that it was even the last thing that we that we got to on the list. And I we found some ways to incorporate some exercise, but it, it sort of meant that it had to be done at the same time as other things. So it had to be a walking meeting or it had to be a lunch break or something like that. And that sort of just showed me how little time we have to do the things that are expected of us as well as how little time we have to do the things we want to do. Yeah, I think that's key. And I think next week, hopefully, we can tap into some strategies to help people find ways to be slow Mm. or to slow down or to find self-care within their schedule. And I've got a bit of research that I'll share next week as well around how when you have unproductive time or what we would think of unproductive time, slow time, reading a book, going for a walk without the podcast in your ears, without um, music in your ears, just being in nature for a bit, how that bit of unproductive time makes you more productive when you're at work. So hopefully next Mm. week we can tease out a few of those things to start. I've probably jumped the gun, haven't I, with those things I said. (laughs) No, but it's great because it's all, I mean, it's, it's 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 a really hard topic to tease apart into two episodes anyway because it would be nice to go this is the issue let's solve that this is another issue let's solve that Mm. so I guess this week we want to plant the seed and get people to go away and have a look at their schedule and how busy they are and how frantic they feel and kind of heighten their awareness of that and then hopefully next week we can deliver some strategies to start implementing yeah so there's a book by Um, or a quote by Bryn Brown. Uh, Her book is Daring Greatly. And she says something which I found a little confronting the first time I read it, but I think is really poignant. She says, um, we are a culture of people who've bought into the idea that if we stay busy enough, the truth of our lives won't catch up with us. Mm. And I read that and thought, no, that's not true is that scary it is true and (laughs) it got me thinking about why why we are so eager to fill our lives there is absolutely there is expectations and things we put on ourselves or things that are placed on us that fill our time but then there are the choices that we make to fill our other time every time we pick up our phone to look at social media or scroll through things Mm. or put the tv on or whatever we consciously filling our time with other things which creates pressure on our schedule the rest of the time and I wanted to kind of have a think about why we do this why we feel the need to cram these other things into our schedule and make ourselves busier and um, some of the things I came up with was so that we don't have to be in our own company when you're busy and you're feeling busy you very rarely have a time to be alone with your own thoughts. And for some, that's quite a nice thing because maybe being alone with your thoughts is not a pleasant place to be. So Mm -hmm. if you keep putting 
meeting after meeting, task after task into your schedule, you avoid that situation. And then because usually you collapse in bed at night completely exhausted, Mm. you avoid that situation where you are quiet and still. Where you have time to be reflective, yeah. Mm. And some people don't like what that looks like. Some people don't like the ideas that come into their head when they're in that space. Mm. So to avoid that, they will feel schedules. I think we do it as well to not experience the feeling of boredom, which is really sad because I think we don't know how to be bored anymore. And I think it's something that we're trying to, you know, people are trying to bring that back for our children. And there's this movement towards, you know, give your children an opportunity to be bored because that's when creativity strikes. Mm, And it's little things like so many people have their best ideas when they're in the shower because there's no other stimulus there's quite often there's no music Mm. there's no noise there's no screens and you know all of that those other senses are kind of dulled and that's when the ideas pop in Mm. but I think people are scared of being bored you don't see anyone really sit at a table these days at a cafe waiting for someone Mm. without looking at a magazine or a phone or a book no one sits and waits and is bored. It just stares out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of sad. I've tried to do that, um, just sit and just look around. And it's interesting because I sit, when I do it, I sit and look around and I'm the only one with my eyes up. <laughs> like everyone else has got their, their head down. And I sort of think, I feel like a, I feel a bit strange. It's, it's quite weird. Yeah. And I had a moment um, where I didn't take my phone with me completely accidentally to a cafe and the person that I was supposed to be meeting there was running late and I obviously didn't get their message. So Mm. I sat there for about half an hour waiting, didn't have my phone to look at. And I was so worried about how I must appear, that I must appear weird or Mm. odd, that I'm just sitting looking around the cafe at people. But then I realised no one was looking at me looking odd because (laughs) no one else was looking. looking. Yeah, That's right. So I ended up, I think I ended up getting out a receipt out of my handbag and scratching down some ideas for a blog post or something while I was sitting there. You couldn't so, deal with go. not being busy. No, that's right. And so the when, the issues that we have in our life too, be they, you know, relationships or, you know, maybe your kids are having problems at school or, you know, whatever the, the issues are in your world right now, if you're busy then you don't have to face them either. You can kind Mm. of squash them down, put them back, compartmentalise them, think I'll just get on with what I'm doing, get through my job list, and then at the end of the day I'll sit down and try and nut out that problem or figure out a solution. Mm. And because that's not a very nice place to be, that's another thing that probably unconsciously drives us to be busy is like procrastination, you know. If we put other obstacles between this where we are now and what we should be doing or we know that we have to tackle at some point, it puts it off and we can delay that pain. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of people and myself included, I'm a massive procrastinator, will put barriers <laughs> and obstacles between where I am now and what I know I should be doing but I really don't want to be doing. Yeah, likewise. Um, and I think that's the same with solving issues or um, listening to the the problems in our head as well. So I think we kind of mm. create busyness to help us deal with that and push those things away yeah I think that the 
that whole avoidance of our lives, that that's one reason that we're busy. But I think that would be a secondary reason to the cultural pressures. Um, I think mm-hmm. those might be stronger, like the the guilt that we feel when we're idle and when we're not doing anything. The amount of people that say to me now that they can't even sit through a whole movie because they're too busy thinking about everything else they could be doing and they just want to get up and do stuff. Uh, I've heard that a lot lately. And that, I mean, I know our attention spans have shortened over the years and they're very, very short now. And that's, you know, part of that is the culture of immediacy that we have and our um, access to constant stimulation. But it is also partly this pressure to uh, achieve and to be doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and um, we're not, I think Western culture is not very good at rewarding doing nothing or feeling good about doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or even feeling good about just going at a less frantic pace. It's like mm. we can't even can't even do the grocery shopping and, and wander and stroll like everyone. It's like dodge them cars <laughs> in the aisles because everyone is so racing, yeah. busy and on time schedules and that kind of thing and it's like there's no even appreciation not just for stopping entirely but just for slowing. Mm. So you've found some uh, fabulous Italian saying. I'd love you to share that yeah, with us. Yeah, this is I, I think because I've always been an, an advocate of doing nothing, <laughs> I <laughs> particularly when I found this, this, heard this phrase, I fell in love with it and and it sort of, and I love the Italian language as well, and and it just it's, it's just beautiful. But dolce fa niente means the sweetness of doing nothing, and it's it's a, a phrase used by Italians, and it is it, it's basically about doing nothing, but not doing nothing, but doing things in a mindful way that are deliberately recreational and relaxing, and you know. They 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 especially value spending time sitting around a table with family and friends and slowly eating a meal and and things like that and uh, sitting around and just just talking and uh, or even just on your own just sitting and doing nothing. It's quite well accepted in their culture and l- much less so in ours. I just I still love even the notion of a siesta. Like how amazing is that? Yeah. You know, the fact that people can, because who doesn't need a rest after lunch or at lunchtime? Absolutely. I could totally have a break in the middle of the day and recharge and then, you know, crack on with my day once I've, you know, recharged a bit. And the fact that that is preserved just yeah, they're a lot great. cleverer than us, aren't they? I think so. I think so. <laughs> and and whereas we are seen, we're seen as lazy. I mean, it's just it's re- it's a bit of a shame, really. And and I mean, laziness exists. There are people that should be doing things and they don't, and that's fine. That's laziness. But then there is this idea that when we relax, that that's laziness, and it's it's not. We need to make sure we differentiate between the two. And relaxing and recharging is is not lazy and yet our culture will will look at people who rest and relax um unfortunately as as lazy 
I was talking with a friend just this morning um, and her children have gone, the last of her children has started school recently and she was saying she's feeling this pressure to now achieve more because she doesn't have her children at home. And I said, oh, but isn't it nice to just be able to achieve the exact same as you were doing before? but now with better quality yes. <laughs> because you have less less pressure. But there's there's no regard for that. That's and I true. said, I work really hard at making my life appear slow at times. And I said, one thing I had to make peace with, um, so my girls are now 10 and 8, and for a lot of the outside world it appears as if I don't work at all possibly because I would I walk my children to school mm. this morning I walked the kids to school dropped them at the gate had the dog on the lead took him for a walk and that's so that he's nice and quiet for the rest of the day so he doesn't bark all the way through the podcast <laughs> but but for the people other people that are dropping kids um doing the kiss and drop and racing to work they would see me in my gym gear with my dog walking my kids to school thinking oh she's probably and then I'll wander back down at three o'clock and pick them up and they probably think oh what a lovely lazy day at home she's Mm. had today and it's but in the middle of my day it has to be busy to enable the rest of my day to not be lazy but to appear lazy so and I don't think there's an appreciation between people of of what happens um and I was uh had to put somewhere down this week my working hours and I thought, oh, that's tricky because in theory I would write 9.30 till 2.30 because they're the hours I'm available for appointments generally. But that's not my working hours. It would be 9.30 till 2.30 and then maybe 9 p.m. till midnight (laughs) a few nights a week, you know. But that's not my – they're not – I'm not available during those hours. They're hours that I do – work for stuff Mm. that's more behind the scenes or prep for clients and things like that so then I thought oh if I put down 9 30 till 2 30 that appears really lazy like kind of trying to work but I don't want it to interfere with my life too much and I thought I want to write down all my hours that I work not just the ones that I'm available that pressure that we're that's put on us makes you have those feelings of like, oh, I must be productive. I, I must work these hours and because I worry about what people think. It's interesting. It's, and this is why I'm saying I think that culture, the, the cultural pressure on us is possibly greater than, than the own pressure we put on ourselves that mm-hmm. or the pressure we put on ourselves is because of that cultural pressure to, to be busy and, and it's a bit annoying. And there is that feedback from society and from people. Like we get praised for being Mm. busy. I was going to say there's that um, correlation that busy must equal better. Mm. Well, I had someone say to me once uh, that I think it was someone working in our industry who was saying that they were too busy. They had too much to do, like too many hours. And I said, okay, so you're working you know, 50 hours a week when you'd rather be working 25 hours a week, double your rate. And she's like, but I won't get as much work. And that was her standard, I won't get as much work. And I'm like, no, but if you double your rate, you don't need as much work. And it was interesting that her first response was, but I won't be working as much. And um, and I, mm-hmm. 
Isn't that the point? Yeah, 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 exactly. And that was what I was sort of saying. And, and you know, and I coach people that want to become professional organisers and, and that is something that comes up a fair amount is, oh, but I won't get as much work if I raise my rates. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying <laughs> because, you know, you have to, yeah. you know, if you're working if you're working 40 contact hours a week when you're running your own business, you're also doing another 20 non-contact and, you know, that's that's a lot of work. That's a lot of hours of work a week and, um, mm-hmm. you know, that can't be sustained necessarily. Um, one thing I find as well with busyness and I am definitely guilty of this, is using it as an excuse for poor behaviour. Yes, I do this too. I, I will find that, you know, some, I'll do something that is not to the standard that I would hope or someone else would hope, expect of it. And I'm not talking so much in a work sense, but it might be something like I've forgotten to book the car in for mm. a service, you know, even though I know it's due and I said I would do it. I haven't done it, but I've been really busy and or, yes, I, you know, I can't make it to that dance recital, but that's because I'm, I'm really busy at the moment and, you know, I can't, I can't or I didn't do it as well or I didn't mm. do it at all. And my husband, bless him, he says something which I aspire to say <laughs> but I can't bring myself to do it yet. Maybe this should be one of my goals. When he so say it's the car servicing. If it was my job to book the car in and I did, and he'll come home and say, oh, did you book the car in? I'll go, no, I haven't got to it because I've been too busy today or I've been frantic. Mm. It, I haven't done it. If it was his job and I say, did you book the car in today? He would say, no, I didn't make time for that mm. today. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's like taking responsibility <laughs> for not making time and not making it a priority. I blame the world for me not being able to achieve Mm. something because I'm too busy. The world made me busy and I couldn't do what I wanted to do, but he owns it. And I'm like, oh, whenever he says I didn't, actually I didn't prioritise that today so it didn't happen. I'm like, oh, I wish I could say that. (laughs) I want to be able to say that. But I And I think I'm probably not alone in thinking that busyness happens to me and it's not my fault when actually – like we said, there are choices. And, you know, yes, you, a lot of people do not have a choice whether to work or mm. not work. A lot of people, that is a given. If you want to pay your mortgage and feed your children or, you know, keep a roof over your head, you need to work. But then there are things that we choose to do and not do and things that we choose to prioritise and they are choices. Mm, definitely. And there are times when I will prioritise walking the dog over booking a car in for a mm. service but I don't very often own that and that's something I need to be more aware yeah. of yeah and that's and that's um a really good point because I do the same thing as well I'm like um you know sorry I didn't do that I'm really busy or sorry um I'm late it's been frantic and I that's okay now that you've said this I've I've read other people doing what your husband does and I've thought I should do that. But I reckon now you and I need to make each other do that. I think that's something that we need to do is we need to say, no, it didn't It didn't make my priority list today. It. I chose mm-hmm. other things. I chose <clears throat> to do other things today. Uh, and because that mm-hmm. thing is a lot of the time that we spend is is a choice and and if we look at it that way, we can we then are empowered to change it 
Whereas if we look at it as though, like you said, the world is making you busy, we don't really feel very empowered to change that. But if we say, I prioritised that out of my day, I didn't do it and it wasn't a priority for me. Other things took higher priority. We're actually then empowering ourselves to make a choice and we're making the, f- the fact that we do have a choice really at the forefront of our minds. Mm-hmm. And I think that awareness is half the battle here yeah, and I sure. think that is what is really nice about us breaking this into two parts is today just take away the idea that some of the things in your life that you were complaining about filling your schedule and creating this this world of busyness are actually things you choose to do and just be aware so that then, you know, you're open to suggestions and options next mm. week. I've got a, a few things here about um, why being busy doesn't always equal better. Yep. So going against um, the grain of what we're kind of conditioned mm-hmm. to. So generally when you're busy, Uh, your output is of poorer quality. So there's no real thing as multitasking. And a lot of people have said this before, Mm. um, but essentially multitasking is just swapping and turning your focus from one thing to to another thing in rapid succession. And when you think about it like that, of course your output is going to be worse, your results are going to be poorer, and your productivity is going to be reduced. You cannot do two things well yeah that's simultaneously or if you can please connect with us and tell me how you do it so that I can do it but I never cook dinner quite as well when I'm doing homework with the kids at the same time for sure I let things simmer too long or I you know um tell the kids they've spelled a word right (laughs) when actually it's wrong because I'm too busy adding the stock to so you know I don't do those two things well together yet I continue to try and multitask that yeah, I'm looking forward to doing an episode on multitasking because there's a massive amount of research behind that. The other thing is that um, where busy doesn't equal better is that life is made up of hundreds of thousands of moments. And when we're busy, it takes us away from being present in those because we have, and we mentioned this with the Christmas episode, we have things like the mental to-do list going just like on a permanent scroll through our head, like one of those boards at the airport that says the flights that are coming up and all of that. It's like we have these lists that just continuously scroll through, must get X child to football, must pick up Mm. this, must remember to get the dry cleaning, must do this, do this, do this. And while that happens, we miss key things that people say. We miss opportunities to connect with someone. A stranger smiles at us in the street, we're too Mm. busy you know, with our eyes rolling back in our head thinking what was the next thing on my list, that we we just miss these opportunities. Yeah. Um, Like with uh, the multitasking, our concentration just is reduced. And you mentioned before about how attention span has been so reduced and I think, you know, screens and smartphones and all of that definitely have a part to play in that. But when we're overwhelmed and rushing around, we just don't think Clearly, that's usually when people have car accidents because they're not focused on driving. They're they're rushing to get from one appointment to the next and thinking about what on earth are they going to cook for dinner tonight. And so driving becomes something in the periphery of our consciousness, yeah. And and then we, um, you know, we have bingles and things like that. And I think it's just because we don't we don't concentrate on one thing because we are too busy. Mm-hmm. Um, can you think of some other reasons why being busy is not necessarily better? 
I think you touched on it again a little bit earlier on, but it's very hard for us to prioritise effectively because when we're in this busy state of mind, everything has a high importance and we, if everything is important, then how do we decide what to spend our time on? And we tend to then jump around a little bit and we end up then multitasking. We end up then doing a poor quality job and all the other things that multitasking do to you. And I think that we can also confuse urgent with important. And I find that with a lot of clients I work with, all of their busy time is taken up on what is urgent and important or urgent and not important. And they're not getting to the things that are important but not urgent. So that, again, that might be a whole other small episode. Mm. But that when we're really busy, we do tend to be in the mode of putting out fires instead of um, backburning, basically. Yeah, oh, I like that. Is that what it's called, backburning, when they do the... Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's a good analogy. I think as well when we're we're busy, there's a few, well, there's lots of things that suffer, not just the actual quality of the output, but our physical health quite often can suffer. Um, if you think about the way that you've been working in the last, you know, for people that are feeling really busy and really manic, I'm not talking about you specifically, Beck, but generally if mm. you think about how you've worked in the last six months, 12 months, few years and then think could how many years have I got left in my working life could I carry that on until I retire working at that pace or existing and living at this pace you would say no way because and that's why burnout happens because we go all in in all these areas of our life and it's just not sustainable so you know our energy stores are finer and then when we're really busy we don't eat intentionally Um, You were talking about before the Italians and slowing down for meals. I mean, so many people these days eat standing up, which although I think that's maybe not such a bad thing physically for you, it's because people don't take the time to sit and eat. Mm. They don't taste their food. You don't connect with others. You don't do any of that. You just, you are simply refueling your tank. on the run. Yeah. So then also we don't, rest intentionally like we said before and we just go 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 until we are so physically exhausted we just crash then we wake ourselves up with our alarms rather than when our bodies tell us that they've had enough rest and they're ready to go again they're recharged and then our mental health suffers as well is there such thing as enough rest i thought it <laughs> <that> didn't exist <laughs> Ooh, maybe we maybe we need to do an experiment back where we challenge that idea we'll take a month <laughs> Uh, go to some fabulous place with sun lounges. <laughs> I think that sounds great. And then we can just measure how long it takes us to wake up. Well, if after a month you don't feel like you've had enough rest, then then we'll leave you there and you can tell us what the magic number is. All right. Sorry, I interrupted. Keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, our mental health suffers as well. So like we said, we run away from our real concerns um, and our real issues and internal chatter that might be going on that we might need to deal with or debrief with, we push that stuff aside and that Mm. is not good for us in the long term. And really simple things that we start forgetting um, or failing to recognise, like the feeling of sun on your skin, you know, if it's been Mm. a cold day, which no one in Australia (laughs) has experienced for quite a while, (laughs) but I'm sure in six months we'll appreciate that, Uh, that 
the smell, you know, going for a walk and the, appreciating the smell of freshly cut grass. That that mm-hmm. smell is sensational, I think. But you just you don't notice it. You can walk past a freshly cut lawn and not notice it because you're so you're focused on everything mm-hmm. else that needs to be done. We don't taste our food properly. We lose gratitude for so many things because we're too busy rushing mm-hmm. here, doing this, doing that. Um, and the other thing we don't recognise is when the sensations of anxiety and stress are starting to build up, mm. there are little warning signs usually along the road when people are becoming anxious or becoming stressed. And quite often we just drown them out with the noise of our busyness and our schedules and ignore them. And it's like seeing a stop sign or a warning sign that there's a stop sign coming up and then seeing the stop sign and you and then missing the warning sign and missing the stop sign and then being hit by the truck because you you fail to see the little pokes on the way to the big disaster Um, and those pokes turn into prods turn into hits and punches and get louder and louder and then you get to a point where people are completely burnt out or stressed or anxious or have a a midlife crisis Mm. or a meltdown or whatever because they haven't addressed the little things along the way. I think that phrase along the way sort of leads me to a point about the the journey that we're on and we we're so we're so focused on achieving things and getting somewhere that we forget firstly why we're on that path and we also forget to look at the path that we're on while we're on it. And, you know, we've got this idea of, well, if I just pay off the mortgage or if I just uh, finish, do one more year on this committee, or if I just get my kids to try, you know, a couple more activities, there's all these things that we do in order to achieve certain goals. And we then forget why we're doing that. Why are we, why are we working? Why are we encouraging our children to do 20 activities? Why are we on these committees? Why are we volunteering for this and that and the other? And why do we keep saying yes to people? And all of these things that we do to create busyness, we need to step back and and remind ourselves, you know, why we're doing them. Because sometimes by asking why, and this will be, we'll probably reference this in the next episode, but asking why we're doing these things will actually help us decide whether or not we need to keep doing these things. Yeah, I completely agree. And that whole idea of saying no, I think next week we should really explore that. Yeah, for and sure. the power of the no. One thing I'll touch on briefly before we round off for this week is um, this movement towards slow. So we have talked all episode about busy and it's so funny. I think the longer we survive, the more words we use to describe busy because busy doesn't (laughs) sound busy enough anymore. Now we have to use frantic or manic, like just busy. It's like, oh, you were just busy. Everyone's just busy. It's like saying you're just alive. (laughs) That's the default position. Now you have to say you're manically busy or you're frantic or whatever because it doesn't convey enough sense of busyness. It's true. Um, But so the pendulum has swung that now there's this movement in the opposite direction um, about slowing your home, Mm. slowing your life. There's a brilliant podcast and I am always hesitant to recommend podcasts because Mm. they're such a personal thing. But Brooke McCallery and her Slow Home podcast, I love that. And there is so much 
gold in her episodes and there are there they must be close to 300 episodes now but she's done some mm. phenomenal things and um we will try and give you some tips next week as well but if you want to binge on the idea of slowing your life down a bit I would definitely yeah. look up her podcast and I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well she's got a book too or is it more than one book yeah she's got at least one book anyway and um and she's Australian she's from Melbourne I think could be wrong oh I thought well she would they were living in the Blue Mountains in Sydney oh, but I don't know where they are now okay that might I might be thinking of someone else but yeah but yeah so she does some amazing work and she got to the point where her life was so busy that it was literally stop or fall into pieces and and so she made some changes and now she's sharing them and that's a really that's a really awesome place to start your journey towards slowing down and hopefully we can give you some good ideas next week as well now for this week's challenge this week we are looking at the car so decluttering the car not necessarily giving it a good clean Uh, we're just going to focus on clutter but you can clean it as well if you want so I want you to go put all the rubbish in the bin pull out the stuff that you don't really need and rehome it do not take a bag of stuff from the car and throw it in your spare room (laughs) you need to empty the car out and you need to put all of the things in their homes not in a bag that you have to then declutter in a year's time so get rid of it all put just back in there what you really need you can do some you can get some good boot storage if you have stuff that you need to keep in your boot a lot Um, come up with a little list of things that are a good idea to have in your car it's always a good idea to have an umbrella Um, my best friend always carries a spare towel which has come in handy lots of times obviously shopping bags okay so that's the car this week empty it out only put back in what you really need and make sure you deal with all of the unwanted stuff straight away rather than deferring it and make sure you share with us on social media your progress we would love to see your photos and hear your stories thanks for joining us If you've enjoyed listening, we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via Facebook and Instagram or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.